0: Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Bad Activist Podcast. It's Tori, and today I'm really excited to be partnering with Greenpeace on an important campaign called Tesco Destroys Forests. For many of you who don't know a lot about my work and the collective's work, We focus a lot on climate justice and thinking about system change. In particular, this campaign looks at how one of the biggest UK supermarkets is fueling climate breakdown by purchasing meat from a forest-destroying company in Brazil. Not only does this affect biodiversity loss and harm wildlife, but it also harms Indigenous people and increases the risk of future pandemics. I'll be joined by Anna Jones, who leads Greenpeace's UK forest and food team to chat about this campaign and what we can do to take action. But first, a bit about Anna. As mentioned, she campaigns to transition away from the industrial meat system, which is the biggest driver of deforestation and contributor to food-related climate emissions. Anna spent over a decade working with Greenpeace and grassroots groups to end fossil fuels before moving to work on land issues. Her passion for forests, farming, and the food economy was ignited in 2012 when she stepped away from climate activism for a period of time after experiencing burnout, which is something many of us can relate to. And she was privileged enough to find spiritual, physical and emotional and intellectual nourishment and healing in the world of soil, food and regenerative farming. Anna is now also a mother of two children and lives in East London. So I'm really excited to talk to Anna all about this campaign, to see what we can do to take action and discuss how issues of deforestation in places like the Amazon are deeply tied to oppressive systems and why this is an issue that requires a truly intersectional lens. Anna, thank you so much for joining me today. I am really, really excited to talk to you all about the Tesco Destroys Forest campaign. But, you know, upon learning a bit more about you, I have read that you are quite into farming and regenerative agriculture. And I kind of wanted to just, you know, start by thinking about agriculture Uh, and the industry of agriculture as a whole, and why the current model of it uh, in the framework of, say, Tesco uh, and other companies that are deforesting the Amazon, why is this unsustainable and what is the campaign all about?
1: I think if we look at what's going on around the world in terms of land and in terms of forests, the biggest threat to forests and to nature is industrial agriculture. So that's methods of agriculture and farming that use a lot of chemicals, use potentially lots of water, um, are using lots of pesticides, and um, when it comes to forests, are actively destroying forests in order to make way to grow crops or to graze cattle. And in fact, in terms of deforestation, which is uh, one of the critical issues of of now, you know, in terms of climate change, it's contributing huge emissions to climate change. And it's also um, taking us away from a place where we can you know, keep that carbon locked up, but also um, soak up carbon that's already in the atmosphere because we need those forests in order to both uh, lock in the carbon and soak up carbon. But also forests are important for biodiversity and for a whole range of reasons, um, not least because people live there, indigenous communities live in forests. But in terms of the biggest threat to those forests, it's industrial agriculture. But when you look at what part of industrial agriculture is actually the meat system. So we're seeing these forests, we're seeing the Amazon being torn down to make way to graze cattle and to grow crops like soya and corn um, that goes into animal feed. And when you look at what's happening in South America, what you're seeing is these huge tracts of land forests, other ecosystems, savannah, being completely kind of turned over to, particularly to grow crops uh, for animal feed, which are then being shipped over to places like the UK and going into factory farms and then ending up um, as chicken and pork on our supermarket shelves. So this is a critical issue when you're looking at land and forest. We need to take on the meat system. It's not as well known as you might think. You know, people... I guess have got an idea about meat and cows farting and there's something about climate. But when you really look at it, it's about deforestation. It's about the way mm-hmm. that meat is hungry for land, um, both to graze and to grow crops for animal feed. And we need at this time we, to be reducing the amount of agricultural land. We need to be shifting our diets away from meat-heavy diets in order to do that, in order to actually let um, nature have more space and also for our own health. You know, a lot of a lot of countries now are heavily reliant on, on meat protein and we're eating too much of it. So that was a long way of saying
0: that's how we got
1: to <laughs> yeah. our campaign. And Tesco is the biggest seller of, of meat when it comes to the supermarket. So they have a huge responsibility in terms of the footprint that they have. Um, they're the biggest user of soy for animal feed um, mm-hmm. of all the supermarkets. So they need to be a leader and they need to be honest about what they're doing and they need to help people who rely on supermarkets, you know, to get their food to be able to make those, those better choices.
0: You know what's so evident when you're you're kind of describing this issue is how many sort of layers there are to it and, and how it's a huge chain with many cogs and and lots of different pieces going on. And one of the things that kind of really resonated with me is obviously moving away from meat in our diets. And I, I definitely am somebody who believes in individual and system change. I've been vegan, I think, for nearly six years six or maybe seven years and it's it's something that I found quite easy to do um I had the privilege to do so um and you know it agreed with my body and so on and so forth but here at Bad Activists Collective we really try to champion progress not perfectionism and I always try and say to people like let's try and cut down our meat intake just because I know that Often it can be quite a, a jarring message for some people to feel like they have to switch their diets overnight. Of course, it's so much more than just a diet, but you know, when we're talking about food systems and, and people aren't really familiar with them, that's that's often perhaps one of the easiest ways to talk about it, is individual change. But you know, at the end of the day, this is a big system problem. So, you know, why is it important that we hold these corporations accountable? perhaps, say, more than holding ourselves accountable, if that makes any sense.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I totally hear you. We absolutely have to hold those companies to account because they are pursuing aggressive strategies Mm. to um, profit off nature, essentially, without thinking about the consequences of it. So when we look at Tesco, they are supplying from JBS, the world's biggest meat company. Mm. Um, It's present all over the world. It has many, many subsidiaries, you know, sub-companies that it owns, two of which are in the UK, Moy Park and Pilgrim's Pride, which both uh, produce chicken and pork. But JBS is based in in Brazil. It has a fundamental role in Amazon destruction um, for cattle, but it's also pursuing, you know, an aggressive strategy to increase meat around the world. It's core business is selling meat, you know, to whoever will have it. And what we've seen over the years is that actually these strategies by these companies have meant that we've had a diet shift
0: already. Mm. We've had a
1: diet shift from a, a lower meat diet to a higher meat diet, which shows that they've had that impact, you know, that, and but they like to dress it up as individual choice. And they now mm. want to dress it up as is now it's our choice to actually step back from that individual choice plays a role, but I think when we're looking at, you know, how is the system presenting itself? When we take that that product, is it telling us what went into that product? No, it's right. not. It's not being honest. It's being sold to us as perfectly healthy, perfectly fine, good for you, you know, all of the rest of it. And what we are about with this campaign partly is about uncovering that, that truth, looking mm. at, peeling those layers off, looking at what is inside this system, and put, holding those companies to account for the the damage that they're doing, and we're not we're not running a vegan campaign. You know, it's mm-hmm. everybody's choice as to whether they want to go that far. But what we know is that we need to massively reduce meat. We're calling on Tesco sure. to halve its meat sales by twenty twenty five. we think in the in the UK and other high meat eating countries we need to be reducing our meat by around 70% in the next 10 years if we yep. want to stay within the safe boundaries of a safe climate. And that's right. what this is ultimately about. Like, we know that we we can't continue to eat the volumes of meat that we are doing if we want to have a safe climate because we need those forests. We need those forests standing. We need to restore those forests in order to be able to stabilize our climate.
0: Yeah, you know, what's really interesting is is one of the things that first came to mind is thinking about the true costs of the food that we eat and you're completely right when you walk into a supermarket and you see the meat aisle you're not seeing labels like contains high levels of cholesterol or fuels amazon deforestation or harms indigenous communities or does not support being within 1.5 degrees of warming and i think for myself I'm I'm part of a small group of people who are aware of of what's going on but most people aren't if that makes any sense you know a lot of people for instance um will will not really even understand the severity of of what's happening and and how it's so tied to places in the global south and kind of just thinking about the global south you know I've mentioned it a few times but It seems completely unjust that here in the global north, our desire for more meat is harming those who are, you know, living in these habitats, who are tending to the land, um, who have been living, quote-unquote, sustainably for generations, and yet it's our actions that are harming them. And it kind of also brings to mind the fact that, you know, we've seen brazil's president bolsonaro enacts some very very draconian regimes against indigenous people and i just kind of wanted to to expand on that you know how is the brazilian government tied up to deforestation as well because it's a very political thing as we know
1: absolutely and there's a lot to unpick there and i think we'll end up going into a conversation also about the legacy of colonialism but Mm -hmm. maybe we can come come to that but i think that You know, currently what we see in in Brazil is the Bolsonaro government actively pursuing a racist anti-environment agenda. They want indigenous people out of the way. They want environmental regulation out of the way. And they want to industrialize the Amazon um, Mm. and give that over essentially to agribusiness, to, to mining companies. And they are actively, you know, undoing regulation that was in place. They've cut the budgets of the environment agencies and those those folks that were out there trying to stop illegal logging. They are trying to remove the, the right for Indigenous people to have their lands demarcated. So it's... I mean, it's an absolute crisis at the moment mm. um, in Brazil, and it's heartening to see the Indigenous uh, communities coming together. They've been camped outside the Brazilian parliament for weeks protesting at what's going on. Yeah. Civil society is becoming more emboldened um, to to push back against Bolsonaro. Many of these laws actually haven't yet gone through. They're still trying to push them through, but they've been mm. held up. We're still, you know, literally every day they potentially come on the agenda um, and um, so far have been held back. But we, we're we fully expecting some of those laws to go through because he has power in the Congress. Um, but, you know, what what we're seeing is that is that actually, you know, So much of Brazilian um, society does not want this. You know, Brazil has been at the forefront of some of the regulation around protection of forests. Greenpeace was part of, in Brazil, was part of, one of the first and most important kind of protection mechanisms, which was the Amazon Soya Moratorium, which helped to basically stem deforestation from soya in the Amazon. There were lots of issues with that and it didn't go far enough. But you know, there was there has been incredible progress, and what Polznara is doing is undoing that. And we didn't we don't mm. have time to undo that. Like we needed to be building on what was already there. But yeah, I mean when when we look at the indigenous communities who are being affected, you know, it's a fight for their lives, and it's a fight for all our lives that they are on the front line of. Mm-hmm. You know, indigenous communities protect in terms of their lands; they protect around eighty percent of all global biodiversity. Yeah, like they are the they are the guardians of nature, and we all need to stand with them. And that's one of the things that Greenpeace is doing, trying to do, and we encourage everyone to be to be part of that fight. You know, there are different things that people can can do and follow. A PBay is the big kind of coalition of indigenous people right now in Brazil who are, who are putting out lots of really great information that we need people to share so that people know what's going on.
0: I think just listening to that, it goes to show how much of an intersectional issue this is, because you're not only just talking about the physical environment, in terms of deforestation, and we mentioned biodiversity, we mentioned sort of the climate targets that we need to adhere to, but we're also talking about human rights here, which are so interlinked with this. And I think I think that's the important thing to reiterate is that you know this intersectionality means that they cannot be pried apart, um, and so advocating for indigenous communities is going to have an enormous effect on the physical landscape, on our climate. Uh, and, you know, time and time again, we hear that people don't value these communities, that the government is launching campaigns against them. You know, we're seeing genocide as well happening and it, it can be extremely overwhelming. So kind of just circling back to the to the sort of Greenpeace Tesco campaign, you know, it's it's really quite a smart thing to target what's within your reach, which is a UK-based supermarket, which then therefore have a bigger impact on some company like JBS. How can people within their sort of means take action, you know, learn more information, try to get more clued up on, on what's happening and, you know, not be overwhelmed by the complexity of this issue?
1: Absolutely. Well, that's what we hope to do with this campaign is that when we join together and take on a target like Tesco, we're hoping that we're going to be able to have, you know, a domino effect back into Brazil, into our own government, you know, looking at. where we we can intervene here in order to have a global and local impact on our global food system. So people can find out more. All you need to do is just search Greenpeace Tesco Action Pack. We have an Action Pack Mm -hmm. currently that people can order, they can download, which gives you a whole load of ways in which you can get involved in the campaign. We're currently asking people... Um, if they're up for it, to go to their local Tesco. We have um, a letter from Sonia Guajajara, who is Mm. one of the huge leaders in in Brazil, leading the indigenous uh, communities collectively in in Brazil. We have a letter from her to hand in to store managers We have um, posters to put up. We have stuff that you can use on social media to tell more people about the campaign. And through, you know, the idea is that we try and visit every single Tesco across the country. Mm. And that's quite a feat because they're everywhere, right? They're they're a huge part of our food system. So we need to visit nearly 3,000 stores. But we reckon we can do it. You know, there are enough people out there who really care about this, and we can all tell our friends. And if we all do that, you know, Tesco is really starting to get the message. We know that they... At some level, there are people inside that company who really care, but they Mm. need to hear that more of us care. We need to raise up the issue so that, you know, it becomes impossible for them to to basically continue with what they're doing because they have that exposure and they can't continue to basically greenwash themselves out of the problem.
0: Right. Greenwashing is such a fundamental part of this as well. And I almost think that trying to lump all of this on individuals uh, in terms of changing their diets is almost part of that, you know, we support people changing their diets because we'll only be eco-friendly if you're eco-friendly. It's it's this weird cycle of greenwashing that is it's just so nefarious and, and quite terrifying. Uh, just a quick message to anyone who's in Bristol who wants to join me on visiting some Tesco stores, I'm more than happy to go. I actually got my action pack in the mail last week and it is fantastic. It includes um, some leaflets, some postcards, that letter that you mentioned. Um, There's also lots of really beautiful posters, very impactful as well. I think it's, you know, showing, was it a Jaguar um, on fire? Um, with some QR codes for for the Tesco Destroys Forest campaign. So yeah, any Bristolians who want to help me campaign, let me know. But yeah, I I, I can't believe just how, you know, it has gotten to this state where we are seeing these companies everywhere. I mean, Tesco is in every city. uh, And it just is a sheer testament to the fact that often the larger these companies are, the more unsustainable they are and the more unethical their practices are. So it kind of just makes me think a lot about capitalism and growth um, and perhaps mm-hmm. the incompatibility of these systems. And you'd mentioned colonialism as well. And I think it would be great if you could kind of touch upon, you know, not only the fact that we're, we're targeting Tesco, but how how is this campaign targeting these sorts of oppressive systems and, and these you know, quote unquote, legacies that are leading to such unsustainable lifestyles. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, I think when you look at food, and you look at colonialism, they go hand in hand. So, mm. you know, and Britain was at the heart of that, you know, we know, we we hear a lot about kind of industrialization and climate change and Britain's role in that in terms of, you know, the development of the industrial model and coal fire, fired power. But actually, doubling up with that was also, you know, in terms of the colonial project was was a food project in the sense that, you know, Britain would, would, was going out to other parts of the world to, to get food to bring home to feed its population. And yeah. we see also, you know, the beginnings in, in colonialism, the beginnings of the agricultural commodity system, you know, fundamental to slavery was the growing of agricultural cash crops by huge numbers of slaves. Taken from Africa to places like Jamaica, to Brazil, um, and those slaves forced to work in agriculture to produce cash crops like ca- cotton, like sl- like sugar, and ultimately that grew into a system of of commodities mm. like soya, like corn. You know that that was fueling that colonial project and lining the kind of the coffers of a few back in the north essentially and so the food system it, absolutely the current food system has a legacy in slavery it's you know it's deeply racist in that mm. sense and continues to be racist in this in the sense that 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 economic system that was built on the backs of those people on those um, commodity crops. Has created an economy which continues to be so unequal, it has ended, I guess, in, in in institutions that continue to be have institutional racism within them. And now yeah. what you have is that you know in, in the UK, we have such inequality and so many people still living below the breadline. Yeah. You know, these huge companies going out and taking food from the rest of the world to feed to chickens and pigs and to make money from that and at the same time our own population is is also experiencing food poverty i mean it's just the yeah. injustices all over the place are just unbelievable when you look
0: historically and in the present because we we have more than enough food to feed people you know uh, i think exactly i think it's it's less about the amount of food in in some contexts and more about the allocation and distribution of those resources, much like money. Precisely. I, I just think about big businesses and behind every big business are a few people who ultimately have quite a lot of money. Um, exactly. And just sitting yeah. on that wealth in many ways, you know, I, I, I've changed a lot over the last few years in terms of environmentalism, especially with regards to looking at philanthropic people who would, you know, donate their money and you go, oh, that's great. You know, they're doing their part. But then you think about that as a fraction, the percentage of what they're worth. And you you, you realize that these systems are designed to make them richer and other people poorer. So it's really, you know, I think these food systems and the animal agricultural industry is very much on par with those sorts of structures and it's it's terrifying in many ways but i don't want to end on a negative note because i know you know we discussed just before we started recording how so much of this can be rooted in love and positivity and optimism Um, and i myself am somebody who tries to strike that balance between okay these are the problems and this is what we're going to do about it so if you were to leave sort of you know um activators for people to say no you can make a difference this is what you need to do or have some faith like there are people out there who care what would that message be absolutely well i think that message is that
1: we know that
0: inside tesco
1: there are so many great people The world is full of human beings. All of those human beings have the capacity to love and live with reverence. And I think that's what's important. And I love the word reverence for so many reasons, but also when it comes to the food system, you know, treating food with reverence is fundamental, I think, to the shift that we're gonna need to make and that we are starting to make. And I think, you know, it can feel like you can't talk about that kind of stuff when you're taking on a big company like Tesco, but I think we have to keep that in our hearts. And when I speak to people inside the company, you know, I know that that's where they come from, but they're up against a system um, themselves of in terms of like, you know, the company's designed to make profit, the commercial value versus the environmental value always kind of tips the balance. But what we need to show is that actually that you know first of all that that commercial value isn't going to be worth anything if we don't have a climate that can a- enable business to continue but but secondly that we have to revalue how we think about business how we think about society how we think about the world around us and that's starting to happen and i feel like you know there's been so much heartbreak and negativity in these last 2 years but there's also been such a shift in consciousness such a coming together and such a I think, a growing of love and the, and, the, and the understanding of the collective and what matters. And so I think, you know, if people can, can come with us, can go to Tesco stores, deliver those letters, you know, make your feelings known to those people who are, who are working there, who can pass that on up to those Tesco bosses, we know that, that they, can, they can make this change. They need the push. They need all of us. To help them make that case inside the company, and basically just you know have the political, moral, and individual will to do that as those um, as those leaders at the top
0: of the company. Amazing. Well, thank you so so much, and I I hope that those of Uh, you listening at the moment, what we like to call our baddies. We've decided to call people who follow our podcast and and our work baddies. Um, I hope all of you baddies are taking all of these wonderful words in and have learned something today and and feel compelled to take action. You know, by all means, individual change is empowering. It really is. But we really have to start thinking about these systems um, and, and how we can actually start addressing these ginormous issues and start lobbying for for a fairer and more equal world Anna, I want to say thank you so much for joining us today if people want to get in touch, if they want to talk to you more about this campaign, where can they find you? Great, well thank you so much Tori,
1: it's been a real pleasure to talk and um, I'd love to have talked to you for hours and hours (laughs) more Um, but (laughs) but to get in touch you just need to search Greenpeace Action Pack and then you'll get to our kind of Tesco Action Center. But on our website, there's ways to get in touch. So yeah, please drop us a line, let us know how you're getting on. In the instructions and the action pack, there are lots of ways to let us know what you've been doing, send us your photos, send us what happened when you went into the store. And if you've got other ideas for what you would like to do to be part of it, then just, yeah, please, we're all ears. But good luck, everyone. I hope you do manage to do it, it would be fantastic to see how many of you get out there and to see your photos and your messages coming in. Amazing, thank you, Anna.